0: Welcome to Wrestling With Wednesday, or we could call it WWW, like a website, or like a wrestling federation you never wanted to have in the first place, but no, this is just our weekly show. I'm Brian the Brain from the 1334 Show, joined by our fellow cast member, Steven.
1: Never abbreviate names
0: again. It's the WWW. So, uh, welcome to the WWW, since Steven's encourage me to use that i
1: have not encouraged anyone to do anything nonsensical
0: well wrestling with wednesdays are a weekly show where we cover everything going on that's important in the world of wrestling so i guess without much delay let's jump right into and i guess the first big thing to talk about is crown Jewel. Now, you know, I didn't watch Crown Jewel live. I don't know if anyone was able to because it was in the middle of the day. People people who are in their basements can't because they ain't got a damn job. Don't talk about people that we value and want to download this podcast every week as soon as it hits. We love you in the basement, your mom's garage, or wherever you happen to dwell. Y'all need to tighten up. But so crown jewel of course i guess let's start before we get to the major major point of this let's start with sort of the little underlink things that happened uh brock lesnar killed kane velasquez which i was kind of surprised about how easily he did it
1: yeah that was uh what was it it was a minute and 40 something seconds maybe two minutes like it, it, it expanded a tweet so it's not the Kofi squash, but it was pretty bad. I'm like, you got this guy in who you're billing as this next thing, but that, that goes to show you they didn't really care. They were just putting it on for the Saudi show to make it seem like it was a big deal.
0: And you see, and I wonder if this was Brock's way of getting a win back over Kane, even though he wasn't, you know, in real MMA, he beat the hell out of him. I guess this is his way of getting revenge in the world of wwe since he has sway there
1: i feel like he did it to get the win back but wwe knew they could tell a story at that point because what's left if they're one and one there's a rubber match somewhere down the road where where it weighs heavy
0: well i hope they just keep them away from each other and kane moves on to like and you know like
1: He's he's going to be, like, I think on IR for a little bit, and he's going to do some training at the Performance Center. I think his name resonated a little bit of money. They could throw it on on that pay-per-view. Notice, it was for the Crown Jewel pay-per-view and not for a main pay-per-view because they don't have to invest that much time in storyline and all this extra stuff. It was a couple-week build,
0: and it was quick. So, like, what you did with Goldberg and... Dolph.
1: It was literally, well, yeah. yeah, but that was the main thing. Yeah, Goldberg Undertaker. You did, you didn't have to really build it. You just said, "Oh, here's two names.
0: Watch it." There you go. Yeah, <laughs> this match was better than that one. Oh God, yeah, it was. I mean, hell, I could have put on a better match than. You know.
1: Yeah, Kane Velasquez looked actually like he could go. Like I think, I think you give it, you give him a couple months, and, and especially if he works with Ray and kind of understands the psychology of wrestling, because I know he's
0: been trying going in Triple and stuff. I think he has potential. I think he'll be better than Ronda. And I liked how they did it as an actual MMA-feeling type of match. Because, you know, a real MMA match can end like that. All of a sudden, someone gets your arm, you have to tap, or you're going to get your arm broke. You know, you don't have long, drawn-out you know fights a lot of the times. Just one little mistake, and all of a sudden, you're choked out. So, I guess it kind of fits that. So, you know, better than him doing a bunch of Lucha stuff. Because I don't know how you do Lucha with Brock. That, you know, that wouldn't look right. No but uh then uh there was history made first ever women's match in uh Saudi Arabia happened at uh, Crown Jewel uh between uh let's see it was Lacey Evans yeah. and Natalia Yeah, Lacey Evans and Natalia I uh, you know what do you say about that anything uh, I know Entei's really entertained by that. Yeah, uh, he he's likes like, the women's match. See, we started talking
1: about the women's match. He became one of those assholes that threw the water bottle at them when they were walking to the ring over in Saudi Arabia. You know, I, I actually was really, I was amazed by the moment, but, I can't say the match was like technical masterpiece. You know, they did all the proper things. They said hello. They said thank you at the end. Of course. I know times are different there. Like I said, they got water bottles thrown at them, but you did make history. That's something that will be discussed for the women of that country, uh, at least in, you know, down the road, they could be like, you know, th- this was if the, the first... women
0: can discuss it. Yeah.
1: Like man. this is going to be the first, when, when, you know, the door starts opening and, and you could start having those discussions of different changes in their, in their culture and their background, they could be like. Remember that? WWE was the first people to try to do something different in our lane and try to change their foundation a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it was definitely groundbreaking, you know, uh, match, nothing memorable, but they probably couldn't do a lot. You know, they probably want to get in there and out of there quick. And uh,
1: that wasn't possible for anyone at that
0: point. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But uh You know, uh, there was the best in the world tag team match that the OC won. Yeah,
1: they won the gauntlet. And you brought up something that I understand because of the fact that it's a gauntlet match. But I feel you were right. Why were there two tag teams with the championship belts in that tournament without those titles being online? If this shows who's the best tag team in the entire world. So, right. and, and they they didn't pin the Revival, I don't believe. But the revi- But, um... They pinned... did right? No. Who's the Raw tag Viking Raiders. God. They pinned the Viking Raiders in one clean. Well, how, how do they not have... If they're the best tag team in the world and beat both tag team champions, why wasn't the titles on the line? And you could have unified the tag titles so they could the show. I guess to give
0: OC something to do. Sort of like giving them the king gimmick. Like, okay, you don't want this person to actually have a belt, but they go around with the crown. And, like, you know, you never really oh. put the crown up for grabs. So the OC can go around talking about how they're the best tag team in the world and win or lose. They can keep on babbling about
1: that. Yeah, them. this is what they did with uh, Braun when Braun won that Greatest Royal
0: Rumble. Yeah, because yeah. you didn't want to put a title on Braun. Well, speaking of people, like, you probably shouldn't want to put a title on, but they did. The Fiend beat Seth Rollins and now he's the Universal Champion.
1: I felt I was okay with that move at Hell in the Cell. You strike it while it's hot, and that cooled off so much just
0: because of Hell in the Cell. Well, see, I think The Fiend is the type of wrestling character you don't need or want to put a belt on. Because you keep them creepy, you keep them weird, you keep them sort of unbalanced and they do unexpected things. But when you put a title on them, okay, you have to defend it. You have to do promotions. I mean, is The Fiend going to show up to hospitals to talk to children? See, see <laughs> I, I heard this somewhere. There's yeah. Rambling Rabbit. Hope you get better, kiddo. I heard this somewhere <laughs> and I, I
1: think it might have been Mark Henry or something. The way you almost do it is you have Bray Wyatt show up on Raw or something and it's like, I don't know how I got this belt, but I have this belt. Like you know how the fiend is like his alter ego and it takes over and controls him, he he becomes like the normal sensical fun calm guy who's like oh why, yowie wowie, how did I, how did I get this and
0: you and know it should be the twenty four seven title not the universe it's you know I imagine the if universal twenty four seven and he wins it and doesn't even realize the he universal
1: wanted. title looks like shit anyways I don't care it's red it looks like a toy but the other thing I agree with you on the on the creepy gimmicks having the belt I don't quite
0: get it i mean you know back in the day jake the snake roberts never had the title belt but he was always dangerous he always paid attention and i think it would have done him a disservice to have at least the world title but he could have been an ic and been fine you know and also i think it's kind of funny fans memories are short so if anyone maybe i'm the only one that notices but did you notice that the fiend won the belt the way he beat Dean Ambrose. Remember when like uh, Bray Wyatt was having the like feud with Dean Ambrose and there was some type of gimmick match and Dean Ambrose grabbed a screen and was gonna hit Bray with the screen and then the screen exploded in Dean Ambrose's face And it blinded him, and then Bray got the sister Abigail and got the pin. And everyone bitched about what a corny ending that was. And the joke was Dean Ambrose and the wacky exploding screen. Well, guess what? Seth got hit by Pyro that was, like, way away from him. But we have to believe that this Pyro somehow blinded him, hurt his eyes, I don't know what. And then he walked into a mandible claw into the sister Abigail and took the pin.
1: My thing is... I didn't know that was Bray Wyatt that had that match with Dean Ambrose. I knew Dean Ambrose had that match. I didn't know it was Bray Wyatt. But, so, I'm waiting for them to start going after Seth Rollins with that. But I don't think they will. Because they're more in awe with what he says. Because they're like, oh, well, he hates AEW and this, 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 this. Like, they almost forget what he does in the ring anymore.
0: People are more interested <laughs> in his Twitter account. And I've noticed people bragging about getting blocked by him. So they're trying to get blocked, like, you know, I'm blocked by Seth Rollins, hashtag, you know, whatever. Oh, God. But, you know, uh, I kind of feel sorry for Seth. I mean, this championship run, I guess, was better than his heel championship run. Because that, they just made him this joke that he couldn't win without the help of the corporate, what was it called? Not the corporation. The uh, authority. The authority, yeah. Yeah authority and he always had to have interference. He was sort of this snivelling heel. At least at least he showed his talent, and he could win clean. And you know, he had some impressive wins, of course beating Brock Lesnar in the first place and, for the title, but
1: And see he got heat for saying this, but it's the most true storytelling that's happened. He came back from the knee injury, he beat Triple H and he's just billed as this guy who's just putting on clinics in the ring and everyone's behind him and everyone's cheering for him. Everyone wants him to burn it down. And he's billed as this guy who's coming from the bottom. And he's really trying to, he's going to take it over. He's going to get white hot. And he's I'm gonna, here for you. He's coming to slay Brock Lesnar. He beats Brock Lesnar and stuff. And then he, he becomes exactly what everyone wanted him to and, and then the fickle fans. And they turned on him. And then, you know, he's all of a sudden, oh, he's not as good as Kenny Omega. blah blah blah. like you guys were saying, if there was like two or three wrestlers in the world, and this is the internet community, they're like, it's, it's Seth Rollins, Kenny Omega, and then insert whatever Indie Darling they want. Like, he's the same... He's the guy you wanted him to be.
0: The fans just get fickle, just like Daniel Bryan said. They're behind you, then they won't be. So you just have to do it for yourself. But, you know, I'm not sure where he goes from here. I hope they'll have another match. He just needs to move on to something else. I don't know who the fiend takes on. See,
1: this brings up my next question, because I think I had this concern. We always talk... I always joked about it with... um with Jericho and some of the old wrestlers whenever they go into matches with younger talent they no sell shit. Well, this isn't, you know, this is part of the character and the gimmick, but Bray no sells everything. He just stands right up off a curb stomp and like takes six or seven of them and gets right up and one kicks out at one. What uh, my my thing is how do you get the bell off him? If Seth can't beat him and he's hitting him with literally everything. And you, this goes back to Hell in a Cell. He got hit with every weapon in the book, got his head smashed in, just to five minutes later put a mandible claw on him and fade out. How do you beat him? This, like, the mysterious, like, gimmicky character, how do you beat him? Like, I said, uh, you just sh- let Brock just kill him and you find a title. I'm sure titles. a
0: few Roman Reigns spears will do the job, you know, a few Superman punches. But you know what would be great? Storytelling, and feel free to steal this WWE, but just give me credit. It's like he falls to the mandible claw and uh, Sister Abigail. Because the one thing he can't get over is like the fire and the death and all that stuff. So somehow write it all together or someone figures out his Achilles heel and maybe as they're in trouble in the match, they somehow crawl into the ring, come out looking like Sister Abigail and then he's just in shock and then they do his own move on him and that's what gets the pin. I don't know what character would do that because that's not really a Roman Reigns type of move. You'd have to have some other creepy character, and there's no one else really creepy around available. You know, it's not the kind of. I heard the people saying Undertaker, no, the Undertaker's retired. Leave the poor man alone. You saw his last match. No more from you. And see, I don't,
1: I don't, I don't get that. This is a whole nother discussion, but you know, we have time why would people want to see another Undertaker match when all they talk about is how great technical certain wrestlers are with their flip spots and their dive spots, but then you want this slow, broken-down guy who drops people and botches all the time, and you want to see that match too, but then you got a guy like Seth Rollins who is putting on the match you like, and he's garbage. I well, think I that's I, the I don't only know, thing, thing people can come up
0: with that fits something with the theme, because, I mean, I was saying, you know, maybe you have, like, uh, I don't know, you bring out like uh, Finn Balor comes out as the Demon. But I think that makes the most sense but he's, because that's he's, the comeback. He's doing something else now. So one, he's a heel and two, he's an NXT. So that's maybe later down the road. But, you know, maybe Demon against Fiend.
1: And see, that would, be, that would make sense because you could say the Fiend and Bray Wyatt broke Finn Balor because he disappeared. And then he went into NXT, he reinvented himself, he's like, I'm ready. I had to change who I was, because I never wanted to be man. You know, you, you yeah. could do it. Like, I, I think the then, writing is there on the and wall. And
0: then you have fresh people like maybe Aleister Black, because he talks in code and all sorts of stuff. So, I, hate I figured how he, out your secret. I
1: hate how he says, pick a
0: fight with me. He's like, pick a fight with me. And it's like the worst sounding promo I've ever heard. I'm like, yeah. "Oh, quit saying
1: pick a fight with me.
0: Yeah, so I'm not getting it, but yeah, he's your champion, and they switch, so he's going to be on SmackDown, and Brock's move to Raw, which I don't know if that makes sense for Fox.
1: You have to have accountability. I think if Fox and USA have been touting that these rosters are set in stone, like you're not going to have the superstar rule, this is like a, uh, like a cement concrete thing, you say oh you want to go to you want to go to raw but you can't you're with smackdown like you need to somehow justify him going over there because that's that shows really bad like how are we supposed to believe that this draft and these two brands when you got guys switching back and forth
0: and you know and i think this kind of ties into like fox and the ratings seems like you'd want your biggest ratings draws there because you're on network television, unless you're tapping out and you're like, we can't make it happen because at least Brock Lesnar has a name outside of wrestling where you can market him and people kind of know, Oh yeah, that MMA guy. Yeah. He wrestles too. Okay. And I saw him on, you know, NFL Sunday. So I'm going to tune in to see Brock Lesnar. You can't put the fiend on NFL Sunday. What? He's going to pop in the booth with Troy Aikman you know, with his, like, puppets, if he's Bray, or worse, he has that crazy mask on. That's the embarrassing stuff wrestling fans don't want to have to explain to non-wrestling fans. Like, if they see that, I'm like, oh, well, my friend, he's called the Fiend, and, you know, he's sort of like the alter ego of this other guy named Bray Wyatt, and... And they'd just look at me and start rolling their eyes, and then I'd just be embarrassed and be quiet. So but, yeah. so
1: you talked about ratings, and I'm realizing there's a ratings problem for every wrestling promotion. I don't know if it was because of the World Series. Um, basketball's picking back up uh, Don't and stuff. say
0: the World Series. I'm still not over that. Oh, well, whatever it uh, is, Astros each— Astros had a great season, but Washington just had a little bit more. But anyway, sorry. Back to ratings.
1: Sorry, I was trying to I was trying to clear my throat because all I felt was choking like the Astros. Anyway, anyways. <laughs> There's a ratings problem with all of pro wrestling. Everyone's ratings are dropping. And it's, you know, you always look at the main shows, the Smackdowns, the Raws, and you're like, okay, but they kind of stay pretty much the same. A couple thousand here, a couple thousand there. I know Smackdown dropped when we went to FS1 this past week. And we'll get into that. They went up. But then you look at AEW and and uh, NXT, which is the Wednesday Night War that's supposed to bring prominence back to wrestling. Because you have a, a war between two companies and it's supposed to show who's better. Well, here's a problem. Each week of the Monday Night War, the ratings kept going up and up and up and up.
0: Mm-hmm. Each
1: week, the ratings keep going down and down and down and down for both shows.
0: And even if you combine them,
1: they're not equaling... A Raw or a SmackDown. Right. And so all you AEW fans, they're sitting there like, it's better than WWE. Well, you guys, you guys better get behind your product because the ratings aren't even touching a bad Raw and you and guys you complain know, about it And you
0: know, I'm going to go ahead and jump ahead to this topic. So, you know, there was the travel issues out of Saudi Arabia. So a lot of the SmackDown talent was still stuck there. There's some controversy there. It looks like maybe the Saudi Arabian government didn't pay McMahon and he refused to televise it till he got his money and it looks like the government stranded the wrestlers there until this was all resolved because there was military guards or police there. I heard that they uh, the American consulate contacted President Trump and you know if he's involved, no telling what shit's going on but then Vince McMahon He's just goes a WWE and Hall of
1: Famer. I just want you to add he will watch out for those. <laughs>
0: ones. But uh McMahon actually flew out and left all the talent there on a private jet where like, you know, you never leave your troops behind. The
1: be- I think the smartest person in the company is Brock Lesnar. You book your match first. cuz Brock is one of those guys where he his time is money. He went on first. He does it at every Saudi show. He goes on first and he's on a he's on a jet back. He's like Fuck, I'm not waiting for anyone else. I'm by myself. I have enough money to go. I'm leaving. And Brock is smart. I'm most talented they travel together and stuff, so they couldn't do it, but yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah. you know, there was controversy. They all made it home safe. No one's heads got chopped off. Um, if I were them, I wouldn't have been in Saudi Arabia in the first place. I'm glad they had that moment for women, but it's not a trustworthy com- country. I wouldn't risk my folks being there. You never know what can happen.
1: And, so. you know, like, Carl Anderson's wife and AJ Styles and just a bunch of people are like, they're done. At that point, they're done. Uh, they knew exactly what happened and no one wants to go back. Wrestlers threatened to, to leave. I, they didn't say which wrestlers, but there was at least four or five wrestlers that threatened to just quit. If they're
0: forced to go back.
1: no, Not even. They just, they, they were so fed up. I think they just hit a boiling point where they're like, I think I'm going to quit. Before they even got on the plane to go mm. back. But I think, you know, that long Cooler plane ride, heads, coolies, Yeah, but, right. you know, if wrestlers are getting to that point and you're not getting your money, don't go back. So, but.
0: So, you know, but, you know, I guess that leads us to with the talent being stranded.
1: But then this goes into a segment as well. So we just talked about the ratings, talked about the travel issues. Now explain what happened after the travel issues.
0: So, the NXT takeover of SmackDown, I, when I first saw that, I was like, I'm sure all the internet fans are going to love this. I don't know if that's going to do well in the ratings, because does the Fox viewer know any of these people like Adam Cole or, you know, uh, Shayna Baszler, any of this
1: NXT talent? And I said, the night we saw it, I looked over at you and I was like, I think it will have more viewers for the simple fact of it's unknown. Something just isn't normal. Like you, if you're always watching SmackDown, you're flipping through channels and you're like, you see Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn. Okay, well this time you got Sami Zayn running away from two guys who you've never seen before. All right. Oh, you have Miz doing Miz TV, but then someone you've never seen before. So it's almost like... What is this? Why I need to figure out what this is, what's going on, because this isn't something I'm used to seeing, and it's something I'm not used to flipping through. So it drew and it gravitated some
0: more eyes. So that invasion of SmackDown, you had, uh, you already heard some of the names. So Shayna Baszler came out and attacked Bailey and Sasha Banks, and uh, who was... You saw... Uh, she was uh no the other one she, she, she took
1: a so- powder she rolled out and didn't didn't get hit at all it was uh Sasha and Bailey got attacked by Baszler. then you had another woman's segment where Bianca Belair beat down Dana Brooke and i want to say Carmella
0: backstage yeah it was Carmella yeah
1: and then you go out to the ring and it's a tag match with uh was it Bliss and Cross
0: Oh, Cross was involved in the match against oh. Bailey. So, so who sure. was
1: in, who was in the tag match because there was a women's tag match that happened which then you hear the music of Rhea Ripley and was it uh, Dakota Kai? Yeah. Or someone like that. It was, it was out, one of them. Yeah. They
0: came out and And then the main event you had Adam Cole beating Daniel Bryan clean.
1: Yeah, that's a, a huge statement and that's a good rub for uh Adam, Adam Cole. Cole. Like you get a chance. Oh And for those people who are concerned of, you don't know if the NXT talent is going to make a difference, you don't know if they're going to get over because they're always in a small arena, oh, that SmackDown crowd was eating all of it up. Everyone, and I always test the Adam Cole thing because he is the most over. And even Keith Lee and Matt Riddle got crazy praise and crazy chance that the crowd was interactive, like they were involved. Adam Cole did the Adam Cole, baby. Everyone
0: stand up, arms in the air. You know, interesting take we didn't talk about before. But for all those people saying, look, NXT's losing to AEW. AEW's more popular. We put NXT on the Fox viewership platform on network TV. And the ratings went? Way up. About 15% up. Yeah. From the previous week it was on Fox. I'm not talking about the week that was sort of an anomaly when it was on FS1. I'm talking the last week with real WWE talent on Fox. NXT did better. And guess what? If they just, if they just move all the NXT talent to Friday nights on SmackDown, it would beat the hell out of AEW with the production, with the crowd, those wrestlers I think, I think are that, better.
1: I think that talent, everything is better about it. And this goes back to what we've talked on our previous show in season one. That you need to get them out of full sale, and full you,
0: sale in the dark room oh with my the goodness. crowd that's silent until they get like the you know Q. triple flips out the ring to chant NXT NXT. That crowd's too trained. You need a more organic crowd. You need a crowd that will pop throughout the match this crowd at the you know full sale sits on its hands during a lot of the match and if eh.
1: and see we've been to two nxt shows which were outside of uh full sale with bigger stars than the current roster that they had now and you just remember the bobby roods and the nakamores everyone's singing their songs and then when adam cole debuted at war games in houston Remember, we were walking around blocks to get to the Toyota Center, and everyone was chanting Adam Cole, baby, before the pay-per-view even started, before we even got in the building. So, these wrestlers, everyone knows these wrestlers. Put them on a bigger platform. Put them in a bigger arena. Because NXT, like, full sale's fine. It's great. You know, that's where you started. You could do some TV taping, but you got to get going. If you start putting them in bigger arenas, then you will completely forget about AEW.
0: And I'm excited that they're part of Survivor Series. I'm trying to think what matches they'll win. We'll do a predictions later. I only got
1: one match that seems feasible, and that's the women's match. But that's that's a whole nother discussion. We'll have to discuss it, probably yeah, getting to it. I just don't it.
0: see Adam Cole somehow overcoming Brock, Brock Lesnar <laughs> and the Fiend. I mean, the Fiend can't. There's be beat. So there's like the. There's a funny
1: meme. Uh, I think Topher sent us. And it's two big-ass whales from Spongebob. And then the, ow, my leg guy from Spongebob is Adam Cole. <laughs> like, so there one whale is Brock Lesnar, one whale is The Fiend. And then the little skinny, my leg guy in the middle is Adam Cole. And it's like, you're too small to be in this room.
0: And I'm curious who they're going to put in some of the other matches. Because I guess you put... uh The North American champion against, like, is it going to be in the U.S.? It's AJ
1: and Nakamura versus Roddy Strong. And see, I don't like Roddy Strong there. That's where I wish they had a Velveteen Dream or somebody... Maybe he'll drop the title before. like, Like a Tommaso Ciampa. I want someone better than Roddy Strong. Roddy Strong's a fantastic worker, but to have a star caliber match...
0: Then you have, what, the Viking Raiders... And I don't
1: know if the tag matches are actually going against each other. They did not say anything about the tag matches. They're only advertising three triple threat matches.
0: Okay, because, like, who... Wait, so the Viking Raiders, who's the other? Revival, Reviver and then... Viking Raiders, and uh, then uh, the... Oh, oh uh, Fish and O'Reilly. Fish and O'Reilly. Yeah, yeah so, so... I guess that could... See, be that would thing. be okay.
1: That one, they've all worked NXT. They all worked NXT style. I feel that would be okay. And Viking Raiders have worked with Undisputed Air. I I I don't wouldn't change that one. I wouldn't honestly change any of the matches other than that mid-card title match. Mm-hmm.
0: That's it. So yeah, so that's I think good news uh there. Um you know, I guess, you know, um is that the next major pay-per-view or we have anything in between?
1: No, and I think that's why we did our fantasy draft and we wanted to set the stage for Survivor Series because that's when it starts taking off although I will give this credit and Josh you'll probably hear this in like two weeks because you listen to everything back later Josh ran away with Crown Jewel if we started the point system in Crown Jewel He had Natty he had Bray and Seth which you know you get points there he had uh, He had he had AJ Styles You know I had Umberto. that was one of my guys Uh, Mikey had Brock Lesnar Mikey had the OC But Josh ran away with it. Like he had every match because he had every star in each match. I think
0: I'm set up for a more traditional WWE pay per view. Plus, I am, you know, counting on NXT Takeover happening because I got a lot of NXT talent that I can. That that's
1: where it gets scary for you though, because you think of NXT. NXT Takeovers only happen at the majors.
0: Yeah, but I get all those points because I have everyone that could possibly win at an NXT takeover and their opponent most likely. So uh, there's a method to my madness. Now, uh, before we go into, uh, you know, I know Steven doesn't like segments, but I'm going to call it a segment of only stuff Steven knows about. He's going to talk about New Japan and Tanisha Tinikaka hikigaki okay, one you're not one
1: you're not gonna disrespect one of these men, okay? I I'm okay with you. Shiroto Tashikaki. And, oh my goodness! All right, so Huromu Takahashi. Oh,
0: <laughs> uh, we're not there yet. That'll oh. be a segment in a second. But uh, other news, uh, and if you haven't tuned into this, we have it available to download on your favorite platform, or you could just go to our Twitter account. We have links to it. Uh, I did a a special with Roach uh, about, you know, sort of the ins and outs of being a black professional wrestler, the low points, the high points and some, you know, the future that could be if they don't screw it up. We talked about the Jordan Miles controversy. He's posting cryptic messages about his future is now and all sorts of stuff. So I'm not sure exactly what's going on. But, you know, if you want to hear about that controversy and our discussion around it, it's out there, so I don't want to belabor time here today talking about it. Other than to say the update seems to be, there is no update. But, you know, um, now, moving on to the segment of uh, Stephen and the things that only Stephen knows. One of these things I watched the two first episodes, but I haven't downloaded the last couple because I've been busy with some other stuff. But NWA Power, I still see it's getting great reviews. People are still loving it. People love a storyline. They set it up with promos. There's good in-ring work.
1: And it's loved by the internet. It's honestly the most consistent
0: with ratings
1: because it's not going up or down. It's on a good time slot, the 605 slot like old school where they're like, we want it at 605. You know, everything about NWA Power is awesome. The presentation, it feels organic, it feels traditional, it makes you believe... And the internet fans trip me out because they are a walking contradiction. They hate Jim Cornette so much, but what you guys are clamoring and what you guys are loving is NWA Power, which is literally the wrestling Jim Cornette discusses. The storytelling, the shooting a promo, trying to develop a character. It
0: is territory wrestling brought back to the modern day With, you know, better production, you know, great athletic wrestlers. You know, I don't know if it can ever move from the platform they're at. I can't see it on, like, a network television. I
1: mean, I think it's better than Impact, and Impact has access TV. But that's besides the point. By the way, only Impact note I have. RVD is fantastic. I didn't think I would ever... I don't know how I would see him as a heel because I don't ever see him as a heel. All I see him as is a great promo right now.
0: He is doing the veteran that's fed up character perfectly. John Cena hinted at that character when he came back against Roman Reigns temporarily. If he had went full heel with that and stayed around, that would have been pure magic but RVD's basically doing it now talking about hey kids you're fans of whoever they wouldn't exist if it wasn't for RVD.
1: And then he's cutting his promos just and again people who want to love like love RVD for his promos and stuff right now I I resort to this man cuz if you love pro wrestling then you need to go with someone with a lot of knowledge and they always say the two guys who probably know the most about wrestling is Rip Rogers and Jim Cornette. RVD's hitting the Jim Cornette. So they were talking to someone who was like, oh, would you ever wrestle like a Darby Allin? He goes, I'm not going to waste my time with a guy who looks like he has a normal 9 to 5 and he only weighs 110 pounds. So he's cutting what Jim Cornette says in his promos, and you guys are eating it up like you hate Jim Cornette because he doesn't understand wrestling. Well, you love RVD for saying the same exact thing.
0: Right. Like
1: RVD, RVD is just speaking the truth, and I love it. And, you know, I can't hate the man.
0: And just think about what embarrasses you when you have to talk to a non-wrestling fan. So if I think, if I have like one of my non-wrestling fans and I force them to watch like AEW Dynamite. And I have to explain Orange Cassidy. So why does this guy come in the ring with his hands in his pocket and he barely kicks this guy's shins? Why is that guy just standing there? Why does he get the other guy get thrown out the ring and Orange Cassidy's able to jump through the ropes without, you know, like doing his hands or anything and hitting him and they all have to fall down? That's some fake ass bullshit. Why do you watch this? And I'm like, uh, well, it gets better. There's other good stuff. Just don't pay attention to this. That's the stuff that sucks. So there's a place for comedy in wrestling, but you can still deliver in the ring. While still being comedy, look at
1: Santino Marella. Santino Marella was a comedy wrestler, but he actually would would sell. He would have the babyface comeback. He'd make you somehow get behind you because he would look viable. He'd hit you with legitimate moves. He like, yes, he did the stupid cobra thing, but he would wrestle a full blown match.
0: You yeah, know, I wouldn't use him as an example.
1: I, I would because there. if you if you're trying to talk about comedy wrestlers, there's no bigger comedy wrestler than yeah,
0: him. I go back further in the past with some of mine wrestlers that just took on a gimmick for the shock value yet they had to stick with that gimmick throughout the match so george you had the, the Roto, animal steel. george animal steel you had the model rick martell you had adrian adonis who's an accomplished tag team wrestler that became a overweight you know flower shop flower pot guy that was let's
1: see i would I, like their gimmicks i wouldn't call them comedy wrestlers per se I think there's a difference. I think they there's still a legi-
0: wrestled more, though. Yeah, the comedy was not in the ring because you had to take and them see. Seriously that's what it. I'm getting at. See, that's what I like. I don't want to. I don't like to see anything stupid in the ring. The you know snake gimmick thing. I, I would.
1: I would take that because it was a stupid thing at the end of the match. He never wrestled the whole match like that. Yeah. So you know, Orange Cassidy's sitting there not kicking anybody with his hands in his fucking pockets.
0: Yeah. You know. So I I can't deal with that and you know Marco Stunt, no that is not the second coming of Ray Mysterio Jr. How dare you?
1: Yeah, and but, I yeah. just know I just know that AW has some talent. Figure out what to do, figure out what to do with it, you know.
0: Now more on the stuff only Steven watches. Let's get to all this Japanese wrestling.
1: All right. Well, one, you're not going to talk, talk bad about the greatest wrestling promotion right now. I don't care. It's the best product there is. I know it's hard for all of us to watch here unless you have New Japan World and everything. They have the best storytelling. You even said it yourself. When you sit down and you kind of look at the studying, there's no storytelling. like it. You're like, man, that's impressive. We talked about that. We, we saw like a little biography on the G1 and how it's built and what all this means. and all. You were just hooked. You were like, man, that's really good and even like at live events, so I went to the G1 in Dallas, you saw a couple matches and I didn't really know the stories, but you watch that action in the ring, you're invested because they did the proper selling, you know who the babyface is, you know who the heel is, you know who to get behind, who you don't want to get behind. It's all laid out without single word. That is the best in my opinion. You don't need all this over the top crap to really get you in.
0: I just think the problem is the most American fans' attention span is that of a P. So, like, you're not going to invest in the families these wrestlers came from over time, and that Tanahashi was trained by whoever, whoever, and whoever, whoever trained this other guy. And now those two are meeting in the shadow of their, you know, trainers that met decades ago in the same match in the same
1: but see if you if you put a five minute video package explaining that then you're hooked that's all you have to do and that's usually what they do for like when they replay the american audiences or they redo it so they can redistribute it for america they do it now they have that u.s division so we'll figure out what they do there but um i go on twitter i didn't watch power struggle at all All I saw was two cats playing with a detonator, and I was like, cats? Who the f*** has cats? And then I realized the man who got hurt with, like, a bad neck injury or something, Hiromu Takahashi and his two stuffed cats comes walking out and getting in Will Osprey's face. I don't like that. I don't like the cat thing, the Daryls or whatever. I love Hiromu Takahashi, but... I'm not a fan of the cats. That's stuff that you would put in AEW, I would say. (laughs) But I would see WWE signing him first so they could sell those cats as merchandise. Um, Oh, he could
0: uh, do a mixed tag when... uh, With Natty. Yeah, with Natty. What's that mixed tag thing they always do? The Mixed Max Challenge. Yeah. They could be the cats.
1: Uh, but then the big the big news that came out of that show, so we saw uh, an, a guy who's been gone for a while come back from a serious injury. Congratulations to Takahashi. He's a fantastic performer. But in bigger news, video comes on. In Painmaker, Chris Jericho issues a challenge to Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace of New Japan, basically saying, I'm going to come... I'm going to kick your ass, and I'm going to make you retire. Basically, hinting at a retirement match at Wrestle Kingdom fourteen. I don't know if that's how you let Tanahashi go out. I know he's looking to retire, but I think he gets the the Jushin Thunder Liger treatment, where he gets a year of
0: honor. There's no way Jericho would retire him. Jericho's not big enough over there, is he?
1: He's 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 pretty big. He's pretty big. He came and the ticket sales internationally and buy rates for when he fought. Omega That was big That was big numbers Like that was like When Brock Lesnar Came back to WWE Against Cena And everyone's like Oh shit We have to see this That's kind of What happened over there And so Jericho against Tanahashi Which is their Like Undertaker Their Their beloved He is the ace For a reason He's the guy who's always around. He's he is The Undertaker there. He's like So my what about the, the other
0: dude like where's like Oh, uh, Okada? Okada and all this.
1: I guy. right I read that they're probably looking at doing a match which could eventually end up being like a double title match with JY uh Obushi who won the G1 uh, Kazuchika Okada and uh, Naito it uh, that's that's something different. That's like a tournament match where someone can walk away with two
0: titles. I so, you know, I'll need to get that video package explaining See, all See that one I would, that stuff. one you would have to have a video package because like even just seeing the names here, so Takahashi and Tanahashi, are they part of the Hashi dynasty? <laughs> no,
1: that's like to name. <laughs> Hashi's just the ending segment of their name. That it, would
0: be a great like faction, the Hashi faction. And you know, actually a faction I said needs to happen, and you said I was racist. For the culture, Brian! But it was from Nakamura. He took a picture backstage with the women's tag team champions, Asuka and... Uh, Asuka and... Kairi saying, And what did he call their faction? It was like the, the Far East something. It was a Far East... Radicals or something, and I think it spelled fear. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, that's it cool. was it was yeah, it was the Far
1: Eastern Asian radicals or something, and it spelled fear." Yeah. I, you know, that is better than the Land of the Rising Sun. I just
0: I didn't. I lie. came up with Land of the Rising Sun, but fear that would be awesome. They all need a mouthpiece. Let Sami Zayn be the mouthpiece for all of them because you know they can't cut a promo well in English, and you know just like our wrestlers can't how to promo well in Japanese if they go over there, if they even try. But, you know, I think that should be a faction that happens. But I guess does that take us to talking about who we want to pick as our Superstar of the Week?
1: Yeah, I think that's a new thing I wanted to talk to you about, and I think we both mutually agreed. We should do a Superstar of the Week, best wrestler amongst every promotion, who's done the best job. And I have mine. Go for it. I'm going to go with Adam Cole. When you look at SmackDown, and Brock says, I quit, and he walks backstage with Paul Heyman, and the first person he sees is Triple H, who's right next to Triple H? Adam Cole. And he's like, all right, because look, if you don't want to be here, well, I'll be here. Then you have him stay. He doesn't say anything, but you know NXT's in the building. Then you have him position himself with Sean and H when debris shows up. Just stands there. He's like, I'll take you on one-on-one. And I'll put my title on the line. And you beat the former WWE champion, one of the most overstars still to this day, clean, in the middle of the ring on, here's the biggest thing, on Fox. It wasn't on USA. This is on Fox where people watch. It's network television. It's exactly where he needs to do it. I got Adam Cole as my superstar
0: of the week. I'm going to go with an NXT person too. I guess we're becoming NXT marks, but we well, always I, like to yeah, take over more than their. We've,
1: I, to be honest, we've always been NXT marks, but uh, even though
0: we were, we put
1: AEW we over put a OV, couple of times. I think we put AEW over every time but one because of just the production. Yeah, I mean, every, I, and, everything about it was more hooked. So like, but, we we have our critiques on AEW, but we're fair. We're fair analysis with but everything. My
0: pick is Tommaso Ciampa. Because not only did he beat The Miz, and I know The Miz is as important as Daniel Bryan, but I think that was a good, you know, better debut for him than he had when he came in as a tag wrestler, inexplicably reuniting with uh, Johnny Gargano in the WWE as a tag team till he got injured. But the way he came out, yeah, he beat The Miz. But then at the end of the night, this is some old-school wrestling, and I pointed it out, and I'm glad some other people on the internet picked up on it. And
1: he made light of it. He put a still of it, and it is the most brilliant thing, because he kept kayfabe, which most wrestlers don't nowadays. So,
0: at the end of the night, when everyone jumped in the ring with Triple H as he cut the promo, We Are NXT, I was like, oh... Please, guys, don't do this because they're all going to get in the ring and pretend like they're all lovey-dovey. And it kills everything else that was going on with NXT before. But he stood in the ring. He didn't look at Triple H. He didn't look at anyone else. He was staring at Goldie that whole time. Adam Cole and Goldie. And didn't take his eyes off him. And I was like, did anyone catch that? And then he tweeted about it and people picked up on it. So he's my Wrestler of the Week. For keeping kayfabe, keeping the story going. Yeah, okay, we're NXT, but I'm coming for you. We're just going to be delayed for a little bit.
1: And see, the thing is, they had that same intensity and that same... Because they both looked really good on Wednesday. So, again, you put those Wednesday guys on the network, and let's say the network showed up, or they traveled. I wouldn't even say a network. They could stay on USA. But let's say they travel that makes that show more important and you get fresh fans in there oh i'm telling you that ratings is going to be a normal raw smackdown rating versus and, the AEW that's sinking
0: and you know maybe a sub person of the week since vince i guess wasn't back in time triple h you know there's things i don't like about him but like you give him that platform that was the best episode of smackdown period
1: we've always talked about it they've made us believers and wrestlers that we might not have liked uh, Ricochet was the fir- one of the first ones. I remember when he signed with WWE, I instantly thought of the Will Ospreay match. Everyone called it a classic. It was a gymnastic show. It was atrocious. And I'm I will go. You could fight me. You could send me hate mail all you want. I don't want to see a bunch of grown ass men flipping around not hitting each other. He came in and he had a match with the six man ladder match. He looked. Uh, he still did a lot of flipping there. Didn't transition well. Then went up against Velveteen Dream. Put on a fantastic storytelling match, so they did that with him, they did it with Sami Zayn, they put on these matches. Andrade, who you looked at NXT and you're like, Man, he's a great wrestler, but you watched him lose to Bobby Roode and everybody week in, week out, and then he wins the title over Drew McIntyre and looks like a million dollars. They make you invest into these wrestlers.
0: Mark my words, if the ratings go down this week with Bruce Pritchard at the helm writing. You're going to hear about Bruce Pitcher being fired, and now Triple H is going to be the writer for SmackDown Live on Fox. Because that's just too much of a billion-something-dollar contract that they can't mess it up. So they're going to go with the guy that's getting the best ratings. And you know what? Maybe they could even put it in the storyline for Survivor Series. Like He's trying to super, supersede Vince. Yeah, like it's a battle for control, and... I don't know where Stephanie plays in. Stephanie,
1: Vince would have been Raw. Vince would have been Raw, but they would put Heyman in front of Raw as just a figure. I don't think they would put Stephanie in there. Even though Stephanie would be in control of SmackDown, Vince would be Raw because Raw is his baby, right? Then Triple H is NXT. And then you have a family feud. But I feel they don't want to throw Stephanie in there. That way Vince looks like the figurehead behind the Fox ordeal. And then you can throw Paul Heyman who's doing whatever he wants on Raw. You know.
0: But see, but they never admitted Paul Heyman has anything to do other than Brock Lesnar, so they can't do that.
1: They, they, they teased it. on oh, Yeah, because he was like, I'm just blah, 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 blah.
0: For I'm, an so and so. I'm an advocate.
1: I'm so, an advocate, so-and-so, and I'm here on Raw. But my client over on SmackDown, like, he's, he's been on TV on Raw quite a bit, and... Okay, you well, know.
0: you know, I just, uh... You know, I think that might be an interesting twist in there. Because, you know, last year they did it with Shane and Mm -hmm. Stephanie. But please no more Shane. Hopefully he's actually gone. I don't know. Well, I guess uh, that wraps it up for this week's uh, WWW Wrestling With Wednesday.
1: If you do WWW, I'm going to throw you over the top rope of this balcony. And you will be eliminated from the World Why in the
0: world would you? (laughs) 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 So... (laughs) <laughs> On that note, we uh, please tune in for the main show. Uh, we'll Friday, be season that, uh, season two is Friday. Season two Friday. We'll be back again Wednesday for Wrestling with Wednesday. Uh, check out uh, our Twitter uh, at thirteen thirty four show. Check out mine at Brian the Brain TX. Check out Steven at spz underscore thirty four. And uh, with that, I bid you adieu.